Next month, the Animal Agriculture Alliance will be under the leadership of a new president and CEO for the first time in several decades. The Alliance, a consortium of trade associations, companies, and other stakeholder groups in the food animal sector, recently announced the promotion of Hannah Thompson Weeman, the organization's current vice president of strategic engagement. Welcome to Feedstuffs in Focus, our podcast taking a deeper look at the big issues affecting the livestock, poultry, grain, and animal feed industries. I'm your host, Andy Vance. Thanks for joining us today. The Alliance announced recently, in addition to Hannah Thompson Weeman's promotion, the departure of its longtime president, Kay Johnson Smith. Johnson Smith will be joining the executive leadership team at Dairy Max, a regional dairy council representing farmers in eight states in the southern and southwestern U.S. In this episode, we talk with Thompson Weeman about the mission of the Alliance, how the societal conversation regarding animal welfare has evolved over the past 30 years, and her vision for the future of the organization. Hannah, first off, congratulations on, on the announcement of your new role with the Alliance. You've, you've been with the Alliance for quite a few years now. For folks who haven't had the chance to meet you or work with you in your, your current role, Give us a little bit of your background and what you've been doing with the Alliance since coming on board some years ago. Certainly. Should I go all the way back to my very first internship? Uh, <laughs> I, I, with... I could have led you into that, I guess, and I, I, I didn't, <laughs> but uh, yeah, go, go ahead. Feel free to peel back the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you for the opportunity to visit a little bit. Well, my name is Hannah Thompson-Weeman, and I'm from Maryland originally. I grew up with a dairy background, very involved in 4-H and FFA. Uh, and my interest in agricultural communication and really combining my skills in writing and public speaking and the communications field with my passion for the future of animal agriculture led me to The Ohio State University, where I studied ag communication. I got my undergrad and master's there. My master's is in ag and extension education. While pursuing my degree, I did complete several internships. And as I just joked with Andy, my very first one uh, was uh, back in the day with the radio network that Andy was managing at that time. So had a lot of great opportunities similar in that vein while I was pursuing my education. And then at following completion of my master's degree after doing my thesis in crisis communication and planning in the dairy community, I worked for a few years in marketing and public relations for Farm Credit Mid-America. So I was based in Louisville, Kentucky, and our territory was Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee. And then in 2014, I headed back to the East Coast and I joined the staff of the Animal Agriculture Alliance. If you're not familiar with the Alliance, we are a nonprofit and our mission is to safeguard the future of animal agriculture and its value to society by bridging the communication gap between farm and food communities. We're based in Arlington, Virginia and have been around since 1987. So I've, we have quite a bit of history in this area of public perception of animal agriculture agriculture, consumer questions and concerns, and then really the, the unique part uh, of what we do, the juicy stuff, the monitoring of animal rights extremist organizations and providing farm security recommendations for the animal agriculture community and the broader food chain. My first role with the Alliance was Director of Communications, uh, but since I joined the team about seven and a half years ago, 
My role has expanded, moves in a couple different directions. Most recently, my current title uh, is Vice President Strategic Engagement. And in that role, I'm leading a lot of that influencer work, reaching out to restaurant, retail, food service brands, dietitians, the media, and other audiences to be a resource to them on animal agriculture, as well as overseeing our general communications and issues management strategy. I have to say, you know, it kind of uh, tickles me in a way to think that in another timeline, instead of becoming the the soon to be new uh, president and CEO of the Animal Ag Alliance, maybe you're maybe you're the greatest farm broadcaster in the country. Who who, who knows? You know, it all uh, all got started uh, in in that little studio in Columbus, Ohio. Looking at your role with the alliance and and talking about your uh, experience and studies in in crisis communications. For people who aren't as intimately familiar with the Alliance itself, I'd love to have you describe a little bit what the, the mission and, and the role the Animal Agriculture Alliance plays in the broader animal ag industry looks like with all of the different organizations, whether it be membership organizations or, uh, you know, different, different lobbying arms, of the industry, the checkoff groups and so on. Uh, there, there are a lot of uh, stakeholders, if you will, involved in food animal production. What's the Alliance's role in that network and community? All of our work at the Alliance falls into three areas, and that is connect, engage, and protect. The connect part of our work is bringing together all of the various diverse voices and perspectives within the animal agriculture community. As a nonprofit, we're funded by members, sponsors, and donors. So companies, organizations, individual farmers and ranchers will make a contribution to the Alliance in order to be considered part of our network and have access to our resources. We have around 400 of those members, sponsors, and donors, and they comprise the entire barnyard. We've got beef, pork, dairy, chicken, turkey, eggs, all the way to aquaculture. Uh, and then of course, for you feed folks, we have a lot of support from the crops side as well, primarily corn and soy, because of course, what is animal feed without animals uh, and animal agriculture to be a major consumer of those products. Also among our membership, we have everything from uh, individual farmers and ranchers to associations, so trade associations, commodity groups uh, at the state and national level, checkoff programs, as you mentioned, umbrella groups like Farm Bureau uh, that are involved with the Alliance, and then also companies, so animal health, nutrition, genetics, integrators, processors, some restaurant, retail even, that are members of our organization. And we bring together those very different perspectives uh, so we can hear what's going on on in different areas, in different sectors of the animal agriculture community. So we are bringing together, again, all of the organizations and companies that work with or represent various parts of the animal ag community. So for example, in the feed community, the American Feed Industry Association is very involved, was actually one of our founding organizations. They have a seat on our board of directors and are very involved with our various committees. And then similarly, their counterparts across other sectors of animal agriculture are involved with the alliance. So we're really bringing everyone together. And then the engaged part of our work is when we speak with a united voice on issues that impact all of animal agriculture. So that's when we're reaching outside of the animal ag community to connect with key influencers. Being a small team and a nonprofit who's always trying to maximize our resources, we describe our communications approach as influencing the influencers. 
So we aren't going after the end consumer directly. That's a very expensive audience. Everyone's trying to market to them. So instead, what our approach is, is to find the companies, organizations, individual thought leaders who are very influential to the audiences and communities that they reach when it comes to what they're hearing and what they're thinking about food, farming, and agriculture. So for us, that's the restaurant retail food service community as they're making a lot of purchasing decisions and marketing choices that impact the animal agriculture community community dietitians. They're getting a lot of questions. Not only is this good for me, but was it good for the planet? How was it raised? Uh, and then, of course, the media, journalists, and then the kind of broader social media thought leader community that we're working to reach. Our primary issue since we got started in 1987 has been animal welfare. So how are animals raised? How are they treated as part of that responsible antibiotic use? But more and more these days, we're being pulled in the direction of focusing more of that on that sustainable nutrition realm. So the environmental impact, the social impact, that value to society that I mentioned that's now part of our mission is more and more where we're spending a lot of our time lately. And then lastly, and like I mentioned previously, very unique to the Alliance is the protect part of our work. And that is our monitoring of those extremist voices that it doesn't matter how well we're doing, how well we're caring for our livestock and poultry. If at the end of the day, we're using them for any purpose, including for food, they don't believe there's any way for that to be done ethically and responsibly. So we're doing a lot of monitoring of those extremist voices, what strategies and tactics they're using, what messaging they're employing, so we can help the animal agriculture culture community be prepared and safeguard their livelihoods. I'm glad you mentioned that you've been pulled in some some new and interesting directions because I was wondering about that. It feels like in the 20 or so years I've been covering this industry as a journalist that there's this ebb and flow and maybe it's just a natural push-pull of different issues, not, not necessarily specific to animal agriculture, but there have been these ebbs and flows when the 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 animal well-being conversation uh, has more or less attention in the marketplace, and, it, and it's felt like maybe it's not gotten as much attention more recently. So I wondered what that conversation looks like, or what what are the hot issues and topics that you and your colleagues at the Alliance are are most focused on right now. So when you're doing that monitoring work. What, what's the chatter right now? Most of the conversations that you're having or, or questions that you're getting asked from folks who, who lean on the Alliance for that support and, uh, uh, and helping influence those influencers. What are the big topics today? We've certainly seen a shift, and as you mentioned, an ebb and flow in what are the hot issues of the day. And certainly, you know, some of these are driven by genuine consumer concern and curiosity and interest. But a large part of this chatter is also driven by those extremist organizations that are kind of throwing everything at the wall and seeing what might stick in driving a negative narrative about animal agriculture. So maybe back when the Alliance was getting started in the 80s, it was just that blanket go vegan message just stop eating meat, poultry, dairy and eggs. Well, that's obviously not working. The vast majority of people consume and happily consume meat, poultry, dairy and eggs. So we've seen those extreme organizations shift their tactics to focus on other topics rather than just promoting that go vegan message. So obviously a lot of that has been animal welfare. So trying to raise issues about certain production practices that are used broadly across the animal agriculture community. So employing things like ballot initiative campaigns, like pressure campaigns targeting restaurant and retail brands to get things like just station stalls 
uh, in pork production and cages for laying hens to be banned or phased out. But those tactics, while they maybe have made things a little bit more difficult for us, maybe they're driving up costs, which is, of course, the main objective. Uh, those animal welfare focused campaigns also have been unsuccessful in undermining the general interests that, again, the vast majority of people have in consuming meat, poultry, dairy, and eggs. So what we're seeing over the past few years is the latest effort by those voices is latching onto the interest in climate change and sustainability. And certainly, again, there is a lot of genuine interest and curiosity in that topic. Uh, it's been dominating the media. It's a major focus of the new administration. So those extremist organizations see that as a big opportunity. You know, People are talking about this. People care about this. So how can we get the message out there that if people care about the climate and about sustainability, they they should go vegan. They should take meat, poultry, dairy, and eggs off of their plates. And that's what we're seeing a lot most recently. We absolutely still see the quote unquote undercover video releases. We still see those efforts. The big trend there is that they're tying those to restaurant retail and food service brands. So in a lot of cases, they won't even name the individual farm they're targeting. It's all about the household name brand they can tie it to. But in a broader sense right now, it's the environmental impact conversation, particularly in beef and dairy. So trying to, again, drive home that message that if people are concerned about the planet and want to mitigate their impact, they should go vegan, despite the fact that that doesn't really have backing in science or reality. And there are certainly other things we could do to have a bigger impact on the planet. That narrative is unfortunately what we're seeing a lot of. The other recent discussion is around animal agriculture and public health. So obviously the COVID-19 pandemic has changed all of our lives uh, and really impacted society quite deeply. So activist groups have latched on to that to further a narrative that somehow animal agriculture contributed or caused the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, again, despite the fact that there's no reason to believe that. Uh, they are uh, furthering the idea that there's pandemic potential brewing on large scale facilities and farms so that if people are concerned about public health and mitigating the future for potential pandemics, they should, of course, cut back, ultimately eliminate their consumption of meat, poultry, dairy and eggs. And that's what it all goes back to. So I would say in the past few years, that sustainability climate conversation, and then since the onset of the pandemic, that public health narrative, uh, and posing it as a public health risk to have large scale production agriculture. That's also coming through loud and clear right now with the latest round of avian influenza outbreaks. Uh, those have been some of the more recent narratives that we've been seeing driving conversation. Looking then at your vision, you take on the role of president and CEO, uh, first of the month, and and when you step into that role, what is your vision? What, what do you see as the road ahead for the alliance? Uh, you know, I hate to, I always hate the question. Where do you see yourself in five years? But where where do you see the alliance going over the next five years as you watch that chatter and looking at the issues you're being asked to deal with today? What are the trends you're watching and things that you think may be an important part of the agenda uh, in the years to come as you take the reins? Well, I think the alliance is, is in a very strong position right now, strategically and programming wise, and we would absolutely not be the organization that we are without the efforts of our outgoing president and CEO, Kay Johnson-Smith. And I'm sure that name will be very familiar to a lot of listeners. Kay has been at the helm of the alliance 
for nearly three decades uh, and providing a lot of strategic direction to our organization, as well as really building a strong foundation and a lot of fantastic relationships within the animal agriculture community. So it's certainly uh, a big legacy to be following, but I'm excited to have that opportunity and to step into the leadership role at a time that we are in such a strong position. And we do have a a really solid strategic plan that we've developed uh, over the next five years to guide the efforts of the organization. And we most recently uh, actually tweaked our mission statement. And I think that really shows kind of the direction we're looking to go. So our mission statement previously uh, was simply uh, bridging the communication gap between farm and fork. And and in our last strategic planning process, we revised it, same spirit, but we're safeguarding the future of animal agriculture. So making sure we're including our why um, by and its value to society. That's the piece that we added that's a little bit new by bridging the communication gap between the farm and food communities. So I think those tweaks to the mission statement really show where I believe the organization should be going and will go over the next five years through that strategic plan. And I'll break it down piece by piece. So again, bringing in our why, why do we care about bridging the communication gap between farm and fork? It's because we want to safeguard the future of animal agriculture. And I think that is a mission that hopefully everyone listening can really get behind and rally behind. And and we hope that positioning it that way will help get more folks involved in the Alliance. We are a small organization, a small team. We need more resources to really move the needle on this enormous mission that we have. Uh, So that's one part of my focus for the next five years is making sure the right people know about the Alliance, make sure the right people are involved uh, in the Alliance and supporting our mission so that we can do the impactful work we've already been doing and take it to new heights. We also added that value to society piece. I think that is absolutely essential and something that we're going to focus on communicating more. We're not just out here raising animals because it's fun. It is, that doesn't hurt, but we do believe that animal agriculture has value to offer society from a nutrition perspective, from a livelihood perspective, from an ecosystem services and sustainability perspective. There is value inherent in animal agriculture, uh, and we can do a more effective job at explaining that and making sure uh, that people can feel confident as they're making their food purchasing decisions, that animal agriculture is something that is beneficial to them personally, to their community, and to the planet. And then lastly, that change to make it clear that we are bridging the farm and food communities. Sometimes there was some confusion before when we talked about the gap from farm to fork. Uh, That does make it sound a little bit like we're going direct to the consumer, directly to the fork. And that's just not who we are as an organization. It's not our strategy. It's not where we found ourselves to be most effective in using our members' resources. So really clarifying that our focus is the community aspect, the food communities versus the end consumer, uh, I think clarifies the direction that we're going. So ultimately, I think it's about uh, building on the excellent years-long, decades-long foundation that we have, but really honing in on where our sweet spot is at the Alliance and how we can be most successful and making sure we have the resources in place to do that. My thanks to Hannah Thompson-Weeman for sharing her insights and vision for an important livestock industry organization. Also, our congratulations to Kay Johnson-Smith for her successful tenure of leadership and our best wishes to her as she takes on a new leadership role with DairyMax. Thompson-Weeman officially takes over as president and CEO on May 1st.
I'm Andy Vance, and you've been listening to Feedstuffs in Focus. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to hear more conversations about some of the big issues affecting the livestock, poultry, grain, and animal feed industries, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platforms, including Apple and Google, or stay tuned to the Feedstuffs podcast e-newsletter. Also, check out our latest video interviews, panel discussions, and tech talks at our live video channel, Feedstuffs 365. You can join us most weekday afternoons at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 Central, or on demand at any time by visiting feedstuffs365.com. Until next time, have a great day, and thanks for listening.